everybody. Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. It is Wednesday, March 16th, one more day before the big dance here at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. The NCAA Championships kick off Thursday, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Um, Hopefully those of you who aren't in the Eastern or Central time zones can figure it out from there. What's that, 10 a.m. Mountain Time and then 9 a.m. Pacific. Going to be an awesome, awesome few days here. Really excited that we're almost here. And to get you one more, or at least, you know, what, about an hour closer to the action. Got one more final podcast here for you guys. Um, Some interviews. We had a press conference earlier today on Wednesdays when we're recording this um, with a handful of coaches and also a handful of rustlers, and I've turned that podcast, I've turned that into a podcast for you guys. Um, you know, just some final thoughts um, from a handful of these guys before the tournament starts. Um, rustlers, there were five of them that we got to chat with. Uh, Minnesota's Gable Stevenson, Iowa State's David Carr um, was up on the table as well. Cornell's Yanni Diakamahalis, Penn State's Roman Bravo Young, and Michigan's Miles Amin. Um, so really interesting to kind of hear some of their thoughts ahead of the national tournament. And then coaches, only four of them. Iowa's coach Tom Brands, Michigan's Sean Bormet, uh, NC State's Pat Papalizio, and Arizona State's Zeke Jones all made available. So about an hour or so combined between those two. Um, we'll do the players first and then the coaches, Um, and that's really kind of today's show, guys. Um, Just wanted to kind of get you one more final piece of audio um, just to kind of give you a little bit different flavor um, from what we've been listening to or what you have been listening to, um, just to kind of get you ready for the big dance. Um, You know, we're one more day away. Hopefully this podcast will get you a little bit closer, and, you know, whether you're traveling uh, by road or by plane, hope you guys have enjoyed the shows this week, tried to get you maybe a little bit of different variety. Um, had a fun conversation with Dan Gable yesterday on Tuesday, and um, you know we got to hear from all three Iowa schools on Monday once I was able to get a hold of all of that audio. So one more show here today. I'll quit blabbering so that we can get to the press conferences. We'll go athletes first and then coaches. Um, hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you all on the other side. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Little Caesars Arena in the District of Detroit. We appreciate everybody being here this afternoon. Uh, on behalf of uh, 313 Presents and Illich Sports and Entertainment, my name is Brett McCluthy. I'm the Director of Marketing Communications here. Again, thanks for coming. Um, we were really looking forward to a great week here for the uh, NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships. Um, we'd like to start off by thanking our official hosts, uh, the University of Michigan, uh, in addition to the D- Detroit Sports Commission, our, our local, local organizing committee here, and also the NCAA for selecting Little Caesars Arena to, uh, to host this tremendous championship here this week. Uh, for the media in attendance, if there's anything we can do to help you with your coverage throughout the week, please feel free to reach out to a member of the media coordination staff. And uh, again, we look forward to, uh, to a great few days here. Uh, we're pleased to be joined today by five student athletes that will be competing in this week's championship. Uh, from your right to your left, we are joined by Miles Amin of Michigan, Penn State's Roman Bravo Young, Yanni Diakamahalis of Cornell, Iowa State's David Carr, and Gable Stevenson of Minnesota. Fellas, thanks for being here today, and the best of luck this week. Uh, a few housekeeping items as we get started here. Again, to the media uh, in the room here in the, uh, in, the, in the Viet Concourse. If you'd like to ask a question, please raise your hand. Uh, we do have two microphone holders. We have Bryce and Sam with us. I believe Bryce is on this side, Sam on the other. And uh, it's important to uh, speak into the microphone, please, because this press conference is being recorded and also uh, will be available via Zoom. The first time you ask a question, please introduce yourself and your affiliation. That would be helpful so everybody can put a name with a face. And then just a reminder that this press conference is going to be transcribed uh, via ASAP Sports, so we will have those uh, trans- transcriptions available for you. 
uh, please, uh, to, the, to the level that you can, extend, or, uh, address your question uh, for the student athlete or the coach who, um, who is intended to answer that question. Um, if time permits, we do have a Zoom component here. It looks like there's several folks that are in the Zoom um, room waiting there. And if time permits, uh, we, will, we will go to questions from that assembled group as well. With that, we'll go ahead and open up questions for the, for the student athletes. And again, we appreciate everybody being here. So go ahead and fire away. And we'll start with the mic. Uh, Mike Finn from Wind Magazine. This is for you, Miles. Obviously, the Amin name is well known with Michigan. Can you talk about what it does mean to you, to your family, memories you've had growing up, the things that your father shared, other members of your family have shared with you? Yeah, um, it's obviously a pretty special moment uh, being here in Detroit. Uh, I was actually at the, the Palace of Auburn Hills back in 2008, I think, when uh, you know I, I watched Josh Trello wrestle in the NCAA Finals there. I remember as a kid, but um, you know, just my family, obviously in the state of Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, uh, six of us have came through the program, and uh, it's been really special uh, kind of being able to be on a team with uh, my brother, my older cousin, and my younger cousin. I'm like the father time in that aspect. Uh, but, you know, just trying to keep all that stuff, uh, you know, kind of the news stories and for the press, uh, try to make it as much, you know, just another wrestling tournament, kind of my own wrestling journey. Uh, even my dad, you know, he's told me that several times, like, it's important, you know, that there's a legacy in the family, but when you go out there and wrestle, you're wrestling for yourself, you know, that's, that's really all there is to it. So just trying to keep it, you know, what it is, just a wrestling match and not thinking too much about the legacy, but, you know, when, when this season's over and maybe a couple months from now, I'll think about that and I'll have a different answer for you. <laughs> Gable, I'm just wondering, when you were making your decision after the um, Olympic trials about your career path, was there any consideration to sticking with wrestling, trying to win more Olympic golds and world championships than anybody else, and then maybe go to the WWE when you were like 28, or you know, was that was it something you you know you thought about? Um, me and my family as a whole thought about all the possibilities that we can make. I think a, a good choice for me was to come back to the NCAA tournament and try to try to win this special thing again and then go to the WWE and, you know, I got a three-year deal with them. So it comes around about 2024, 2025-ish. So, I mean, you know what I'm trying to get at. But who knows? Down in the front here. Uh, Gary Abbott with USA Wrestling. Uh, Yanni, I'd just like to get your thought about being in this tournament. It's been a few years, right? I mean, you had an Olympic run that you made, and then last year the <coughs> conference didn't uh, allow you guys to wrestle. So what's it like for you to go through the season and, and come here to go after another title? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a while. My last NCAA tournament was... 2019 so that was three years ago um you know the folk style season it's tough it's a grind but I feel like my coach has prepared me really well and you know coming into this weekend I feel really confident and I think we have a great team and you know I'm I feel as good as I can right so feeling good <clears throat> down in front again 
David, I probably should just ask you the same question I asked Miles. You had a different bit of a family legacy with Iowa State. Could you share some of the memories you may have had with your dad when he talked about his Iowa State days and when you finally made that decision? Yeah, we were just working out the other day, and he was talking about his NCAA match and the intensity of it. And it was just really cool. It was really special. And uh, you know, I'm just blessed to be able to wear a Cyclone singlet, knowing that I've had so many family members do it. And uh, it's awesome to represent. I love competing. Um, this is like I'm in a candy shop, and it's all gummy bears at the NCAA tournament. Like, this is awesome. So many good competitors. And so I'm, I'm super pumped to go out there and compete and, uh, you know, add on to the legacy. But, you know, like he said, you know, it's about wrestling for yourself, but wrestling for, wrestling for God, my family, and having fun. Second row here. <clears throat> Andrew Spay with Flow Wrestling. Uh, Roman, can you talk about the team race and just uh, how focused you and your teammates are in, on getting that championship again? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a fun uh, fun team race. Really don't know what's going to happen, but the way I look at it is I just control what I can control. You know, if I do my part and uh, everyone else does their own part, all the points would come together. But uh, it's going to be a fun one, and the fans are in for a good, a good weekend of wrestling, and I'm excited for it. So we have one in the back there. Andrew Dustin, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, another question for you, Roman. You talked about before the Big Ten tournament about how you guys were looking to accomplish a little bit more. What are your expectations for your time here in Detroit? I mean, our expectation is always to win, right? I think that's everyone who steps on the mat. Everyone wants to win. No one wants to lose. But, uh, you know, it's just enjoying ourselves, enjoying the moment. The, uh, this comes and goes. And uh, just take one match at a time. Most importantly, have fun. And uh, it's just grateful to be here and the opportunity. You know, you don't get many opportunities like this. to go out there and wrestle in a big arena, fans, people rooting for you. So I think just take one match at a time and just control what I can control and enjoy it. And um, whatever happens, get the next, uh, next best thing. We have two questions on this side. <clears throat> Christian Piles, Flow Wrestling. Question for David. Uh, you have one loss in your career. It's to Ryan Deacon. You guys are the top two seeds here. Um, that loss was early in your in your freshman campaign. Just contrast how different you are from that point, and how much do you think about that potential rematch? Um, super excited to maybe be able to wrestle him again. Um, I've just changed so much. I've become a different wrestler. I've gotten a lot better. Thankful to my coaches. You know, my coaches spend a lot of time with me. Um, my dad spends a lot of time with me, and. Uh, just truly blessed to have a coaching staff to help me and teammates that are great that help me get better every day. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot better, and every match I feel like I get better. So it's exciting to uh, wrestle this tournament and hopefully have that rematch. So it should be fun. Jim Carlson, Harrisburg, PA Miles. Um, you know, <clears throat> Michigan's the host here. First Big Ten title for you since 73. What would it mean to you for Michigan to win that team title? Uh, I mean, it would be really special. Uh, uh, and I'm going to kind of steal what Roman said. But, you know, for me, I'm kind of focused on just, you know, kind of taking care of what I have to take care of, controlling what I can control, I think. And then, you know, for the, the team, it's, it's Team 100. And it's, you know, Sean Bourmet's really done done a great job since he's been at Michigan and taken over, uh, kind of led the helm. and. So, you know, for our fans, obviously that's, that's something that 
they're just in for a show this week. No matter what happens, I think that we've we come we've come prepared, and um, you know, M- Michigan. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting weekend. That's that's all I can really say. <laughs> Tony Hager, I.E. Russell. Question for David: um, You as an individual, you reaching your goals, um, but when you came to Iowa State to bring Iowa State back in the top ten. This year, what are some of the goals, or coming in the tournament, what are the goals for the tournament, or for the team? Uh, for sure, we want to try to get that top five spot, top four spot. But uh, everyone has, just has to do their part. You know, we have some phenomenal wrestlers on our team. I love these guys. We're a family. And, uh, you know, they're my brothers. I want to see everyone do well. And everyone's goal is to go out there and do their best. So I'm going to try to do my best, just like everyone else. And we're going to wrestle hard. So that's what uh, I expect for my team. And... Things like that. In front row. Gable, you talked a little bit about what you're going to be going on in the WWE in the future. But I'm just curious about how you have trained yourself for that level of becoming a performer and entertainer, that type of thing. Who's helped you the most with that? Do you have to change an image at all? I mean, right now you're the good guy who gets standing ovations, the gold medalist. What what will Gable Stevenson look like in five to ten years? That's a great question. I think Gable Gable Stevenson in five to ten years will probably be, in my eyes, I think he'll be a big superstar that has changed the amateur sport of wrestling and pro wrestling in the long run. You know, decisions I made are to make uh, my family's needs better and make myself uh, better as better too. And so, I think um, to be able to go out there and have the best variety of options with Vince McMahon and Triple H has been a real, real leader for me too. And uh, there's so many people that have, that I can put this, um, put my stardom on, and who has helped me a lot. And I think uh, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, those guys have really um, stepped in and put their put both feet in with me. And to lead me in this direction is uh, is crazy to see because you know a lot of kids grow up watching WWE, UFC, and so much other things that they want to be that superstar. And I have a chance to to be the next Rock, and that's what I'm gonna do. Second row here. Um, this question's for both Miles and Gable. Uh, I mean, not too many people have had an opportunity to go and win a medal at the Olympic Games and then come to the NCAA tournament. Very small amount of people have gone through that experience. Just curious, uh, both you guys, you know, what's it like uh, returning to school after having the experience in Tokyo? Miles, you want to take that first? Sure. Um, you know, I- I think that uh, all, it was all positive things coming back from Tokyo. I mean, just being able to wrestle on that high of a stage, that world stage, and um, come home with a medal, uh, I think it, it brought a lot of confidence back to Ann Arbor for me, uh, you know, coming back. And uh, just knowing that, you know, I've wrestled on the highest stages in the world and, and been able to compete and win matches and win the big matches, uh, that, that was really important for, you know, my confidence. But... Also, just uh, it kind of puts it into perspective that, you know, college wrestling is a lot of fun. I mean, for I, I think Gable can probably attribute to this, too. But um, I think coming back just shows that, you know, there's, it's very competitive and, you know, the, the fan base and just the the kind of energy that's surrounded around college wrestling is second to none. Even even in the world, you can go to any place in the world. But, um, you know, the NCAA tournament especially is is one of the most exciting events I've ever been a part of. So. Uh, coming back was was an easy decision for me just because of, of that factor of you know the energy and um, the competitiveness between the teams and 
really just having the opportunity to compete, that that's really what it comes down to. So I love it. Gable? I think um, going off what he said, too, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime once opportunity, sorry, to go out there and put on a good show in front of 20,000 people, you know, at the Olympic Games, even wrestling a gold medal match, I probably had like 50 people watching and 90% of them are USA fans screaming loud and cheering for me, which is a, which is a cool thing, which we, which everybody wants as a kid growing up. And so, so go out there in Little Caesars Arena, dominate the field, come out as a champ is what we all want. That's what all these, these five guys want, but they're not going to tell you that because they want to be humble up here, but I'm going to speak for them. <laughs> and we all know what everybody on this podium wants. And so we're going to go out there. We're going to put on a good show. We're going to do a good job. And at the end of the day, we want to walk out with that national championship trophy like it is here to the right of me. Additional questions for the student athletes? In the back there. Miles, I'm curious, after going up against Darren Brooks in the Big Tens, you know, have a tough one there against him, but ultimately come out on top. What kind of challenges does he pose? And if you get the chance, you know, what, I guess going up against him again in that hypothetical, you know, what makes him a tough wrestler as well as having to beat somebody a second time? I mean, he's just a great competitor. Um, you know, I, I knew that even before wrestling him. I've watched him wrestle in the past, and I respect the way he wrestles. He's a, you know, likes to score points just like me, and uh, I always love to go out there and have a guy that's going to, you know, come forward at you, and that's that's how he wrestles. So um, I always look forward to those those you know deep water battles. Um, that's kind of what you know why I train is to, to wrestle guys that are going to, you know, push you to that last 30 seconds in the third period. And, you know, you're, you're in kind of a dog fight and you got to figure it out. That's, that's what makes it fun for the fans, not, or not just the wrestlers. So, um, I think for me, I just, you know, I, I got to focus on one match at a time. Uh, that's really, you know, the cliche statement, but realistically, if you, you want to perform at your best, uh, you don't want to overlook anybody. So, um, going to focus on my first match tomorrow and, Obviously, that match is, is in the back of my head, and uh, if it does happen, I'll, I'll be excited to just go out there and put on a show, and I'm sure it's the same for him. In the second row there. Uh, J.P. Pearson, Black Shoe Diaries. This question is for Roman. In 2019, after securing All-American, you hung out in the tunnel on Saturday night watching Nolf, Nickel, Chenzo, Hall, and Kassar prep for the finals. What did you take away from those early observations? Yeah, I think uh, just my freshman year, I felt like I could have done a lot better. It was my first time at NCAA tournament, and uh, I was just throwing the fire. You know, over the years, I've just grown a lot, really uh, changed a lot of things in my lifestyle, just the way I train and uh, my mental approach to wrestling and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like I've jumped levels over the years, but uh, it sucked not watching or not being with those guys wrestling that Saturday and just watching, you know, especially that whole year. You know, they were just dominating everyone, and... At, at ease too, and I'm just like struggling. I'm taking my ups, uh, losses, so. But uh, you know, I found I think I figured it out. But I definitely just grown up a lot over the past couple of years as a person uh, on and off the mat. I'm just a wrestling fan, but how did those teammates help you when you were struggling with those losses? I'm curious. Yeah, you know. Uh, they, they're just always there for me, and even today in the wrestling room, they're always cheering me on. So, And I look up to those guys. You know, they've been here, done it, um, done it multiple times too. So just being in that room is just uh, it's just hard not wanting to get better and keep it going. Uh, it's just, that room is just special, and every day in practice, I go in there wanting to find new ways to get better. But, uh, yeah, you know, I look up to every single one of those guys, Nolf, Chenzo, Kassar. I'm still close to all of them, but, uh, yeah, they're all good dudes.
We've got time for a few more questions. A reminder, if you're on, on Zoom and you do have a question, please feel free to let us know in the chat. We'll continue with questions here in the concourse. Second row. Hi, this is for Gable. You've dominated a class of excellent heavyweights these past two years. Could you describe for us the different feels you get from Cass versus Kirk versus Paris? All of them are, are really great wrestlers. You know, I grew up wrestling um, Kirk Lee, Cassiope. I think the first time I wrestled Cassiope when I was probably 12 years old. And so um, just, uh, just wrestle those guys and have a different feel from each of them. You really have to adapt to how everyone's going to come at you. And, you know, you, there's a target on your back. Everybody wants to hit that target. And my job is to make sure that I'm outperforming and I'm outworking everybody on the, on the back end too. And so, I mean, three great, three great competitors, three top NCAA heavyweights, and uh, every, well, all, yeah, each person you said is going to finish on a podium. And so it's, uh, it's weird to think about how good the Big Ten heavyweights are and how uh, productive all the coaches are being with them. Any other questions here in the concourse? Looks like we do have one in the chat. We'll go to the first row here, and then we'll go uh, to Zoom after this, Josh. Uh, so this is for Gable and Roman. Um, this is the first year with NIL deals. Let's talk a little bit about that. How it's influenced your season. Gable, you want to take that first? Roma can take it first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, NIL, it's, it's a cool thing. You know, it's, a lot of, it's more money coming in that we didn't have. You know, I think big thing to understand, though, for wrestling, it's not, it's not a whole lot of money compared to uh, college football. You know, these big star college football players got a lot of money coming in. And, I mean... Gable has, Gable's different, you know. He has a lot. I know he has, a, he has a lot of money coming in. He got those chains and stuff. But yeah, you know, I have more money, more money in my pockets than uh than I've ever had than I've ever had uh before then. I deal, so I'm grateful and thankful for. It. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely cool. And I think the biggest thing, just other wrestlers growing up and stuff, is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And uh, social media, social media is a new way of money. So I think, I know some coaches don't like it, but I think if you know how to do it and don't let it be a distraction, it's a good thing. And um, for me, I'm just this whole process, is just me growing my brand because eventually, like, I want to fight one day. So just enjoying it. But yeah, it's definitely a lot, a lot more money than I've ever had. And Gable can finish it out. I think uh, the, the NIOs was a, a great thing. And, you know, kids nowadays have money in their pockets. They can go to the stores and get what they need and make sure that they're, they're living healthy, too. And so um, just going out there and, like Roman said, social media is our tool now. Like, we want to have pictures and you go out there. And I'm wearing Scrap Life gear right now, and I appreciate everybody who's bought it, especially the shoes that come out. The pre-order came through. And so if you want to want to show some more love to me, I mean, <laughs> I love it if y'all do. But, um, you know, just it's opened so many doors for for college athletes to stay in the in college too especially with basketball and football you know guys and are going one and done in basketball and if they can't go one and done I mean NIL helps them out in football if they can't go three and out they gotta they can go one more year and collect some extra paychecks and go out there and perform well and maybe they get to lead the next year so there's so much variety that comes with the, the NIL and you know WWE has the the next in line program that that we're all that uh, many of people even Mason Paris and Ferrari here are involved in and so it's cool to see that the the legacy is growing with the college sports and things are open up and many doors are going to keep uh, growing for us too. All right, Josh, let's skip over to Zoom for the one question we have in the waiting room. We have a question for Gable from Jeff uh, Wald with Fox 9 Sports in Minneapolis. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, hi, Gable. Just want to make sure you can hear me before I go. Just a little bit, yeah. You good? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. Uh, I'm just curious, what, what does it mean to you or what would it mean to you to go out as a two-time NCAA champion after you know, winning at every level in this sport and then to have you know, your season end potentially undefeated? Uh, 
it would mean a lot to go out on top. Um, I could speak for every guy on this, this, these chairs right here. I mean, everybody wants to go out um, with that first place trophy, like I mentioned before. Um, we're going to put our best forward, put uh, our both feet forward and just go out there and enjoy our time. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, like, um, that we come out of tournaments and so many people are expecting so much from us and we just want to go out there and, and just enjoy our five matches and literally just put on a good show for, for the people that, that pay so much money to sit in them suites and sit in the front row. And we want to make sure you guys have the best time possible. And so, I mean, I'm trying to speak for all of us here and if anyone wants to chime in, we just we just love the sport of wrestling. You know, wrestling is made made me a better human, better wrestler, better everything for me being at home, for me being with people I hang out with, from everything, like kids I interact with. I mean, what people don't see in the limelight doesn't go unnoticed. And so I just try to make sure I put um, my good heart out there, my good souls that, so so that, um, I don't know, so that people can, can't really see who Gable Steveson is, because I guess a lot of people really don't know who he is. And I'm trying to put out that message that Gable is, um, a figure for these little kids that are going to come and watch and the older people that are going to come and watch and the middle-aged people that are going to come and watch. You know, there's the variety that I'm trying to hit is, is something special. And I hope that one day, 20 years later, they're going to look back on me Saturday night or whenever, I, whenever I'm done and they're going to look back and be Gable did what he was supposed to do and that's make wrestling a bigger sport as a, as a whole. Thanks, Gable. Any other questions from the assembled media here in the concourse? Okay, second row. Hi, this question is for Yanni. I was wondering if uh, you and the rest of the guys really will tune into the Ruta Supermatch freestyle event tonight. Will you watch that while you're relaxing? Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I'm a pretty big wrestling nerd. So <laughs> if I had any kind of free time, I'd be watching wrestling. So there, there's definitely a chance I sign in. I don't know about you guys, but I'll definitely be, be watching those matches if I can. All right, we'll get you out of here with this, guys. Just maybe down the line, uh, what's it going to mean to wrestle in front of fans again? I know it's been a couple of years, and, and what are your first impressions of Little Caesars Arena? We'll start with Miles and just go down the table. Yeah, it means the world. I mean, all these guys said it. That's why part of the reason why we do it is we want to put on a show. And, uh, you know, for me, it's extra special. It's in Detroit. But, uh, yeah, last year it was weird that we didn't have fans, you know, thinking about it, the NCAAs and the Big Tens. It felt right last or 10 days ago in Nebraska. Uh, you know, that environment, and it's going to be even better here, so I'm excited. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if this is my last NTA tournament yet or not, but uh, I'm just going to enjoy it. But my family's going to be here, and, yeah, with the fans, it's going to be awesome. That's why we do it. I make, I consider myself like an entertainer, so I just want to go out there and put on a show. And uh, most importantly, we all need each other to grow the sport, so it's, it's going to be a good uh, weekend. Yeah, I mean, any opportunity you can get to wrestle the best guys in the country, you got to take it, and you got to enjoy it, right? I feel like... You know, for all of us, we, we want that competition. We want to wrestle the best guys, and this is, this is the chance to get a hold of everyone who, you know, thinks they have a chance. So this is really exciting, and I'm really excited to compete. Yeah, just grateful for the opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of fans out there that want to watch us wrestle, and so, I mean, wrestling is just so much fun. I just think about it like when I was a little kid, just watching this tournament, just all the great wrestling that happened. So I'm honored to be able to wrestle in this tournament again and have some more fun, go out there and wrestle, and be an entertainer. Uh, it's bittersweet. You know, it's my last NCAA tournament. Just, um, you know, I just, just want to make sure everybody see I on a good note and make sure everybody watches a good show because, you know, when the lights hit, Gable hits better. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Thanks, guys. Good luck this week. Appreciate it. We'll be back with uh, some head coaches here shortly.
continue on. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around here. We are at the second half of the press conference here. We're joined by four great head coaches representing their respective institutions here for the NCAA championships. From your right to your left, we have Sean Bormet of Michigan, Iowa's Tom Brands, Pat Papalicio of North Carolina State, and Arizona State's Zeke Jones. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Best of luck this week. Uh, as a reminder to the media, both uh, here in the room and also on Zoom, if you'd like to ask, ask a question, please raise your hand and wait for a microphone to make it your way. We are recording these press conferences, and as I mentioned, it, it is airing on Zoom. Please introduce yourself and your affiliation. And then for the folks on Zoom, if you're interested in asking a question, please let us know in the chat. We will um, go to those questions near the end. With that, uh, we'll go ahead and open it up to questions for any of these head coaches, and please introduce yourself and, and direct your, your question as appropriate. Thank you. We'll go in the front row. Uh, hi, this is a, actually a two-part question for sort of for all of you, possibly, and it deals with the qualifiers that you all have gone through. Obviously, the situation with the medical forfeits and such are understandable for the health of the athlete, but it does determine a team race. Should that actually just determine like a Big Ten or Pac-10 or any other championship, or should you just go through a qualifier? And the other thing is, the second part is just that not all qualifiers have the same number of teams. Therefore, say the Big Ten, there's 14 teams, more wins you have to go to qualify. Should there be, should we make changes that all qualifiers are more balanced? Let's just go straight down the line, starting with Sean with that one. I mean, I think we've seen a trend in some of the medical forfeits and, you know, even in some of the stuff throughout the dual season. Um, you know, throughout the, the, the entire season, I think there's been a trend of that. Um, we didn't see as much of it, I think, during the COVID year because we didn't have as many matches. But this year, I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, glaring issues that we got to look at and address within the sport because I, th I think there's definitely some valid reasons that these things happen. I think there's some things, you know, that at times, you know, let's face it, we got a lot of smart coaches and they're trying to do the best thing for their athletes at different times, you know, whether that's uh, with RPIs or, you know, head-to-head -head competition. And, you know, and we don't want... I think we don't want incentives. We don't want to incentivize that with a system in our sport because it doesn't make sense for the big picture. So there's definitely some areas I think we have to revisit uh, going forward. I would agree that you need to look at it maybe closer. Um, I don't necessarily have the answers. Uh, that's not where I would put my energy. Um, I can tell you that we do make individual decisions that are best for our individuals um, consistently. So that's what I would say our job as coaches, that's where our priority is always. And we'll let the rules makers, you know, make it better. And this sport is in a good place and it can certainly get in a better place, but you know, things like that maybe need to be cleaned up and looked at, so. Yeah, I mean, I think the system right now is, there's a lot of positive to it, having the conference tournament where, you know, our fans enjoy watching our teams compete in conference and it could be interesting if a committee ever tried to move something to a more regional setting. But either way, you know, you got to take, take care of your athletes, put them in the right position to be healthy for this tournament because this is where, you know, a lot of it lies. Thanks for letting me answer that last. I can just say they did a great job. So I'll stop there and let them move on to the next question. Good sounds, job, you guys. Sounds good. What else do we have for these head coaches? And please wait for the mic in the second row here. This is for Sean Bormet, Scary Abbott with USA Wrestling. Obviously, um, 
winning the conference was a big boost for your program and program you've worked really hard to develop since you've become the head coach. But what would it mean to you to win in Detroit? I mean, the, this group of athletes proved they could win a conference tournament that was very competitive. Uh, what would this be for the athletes and for the program that for you to go out of here with that trophy sitting over there? I mean, obviously, you know, winning a Big Ten championship, uh, you know, was special for our program. It hadn't been done in a while. It was, you know, part of the mission when, when we brought this uh, Team 100 together. But, you know, we obviously we had to keep that in perspective, let the guys soak it in for a day, and uh, then get refocused because, you know, the, the bigger part of our mission, the goal is uh, to come here and put our best wrestling on the mat in Detroit. And it's, uh, you know, we've been, we've been second uh, numerous times as a team over our 100-year history. Um, but the ultimate would be winning here in Detroit for our program. In the back there. Andrew Dustin, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Coach Bormet, going off the last question, you guys after the Big Tens, you know, Penn State definitely kept the pressure on with you guys there at the conference tournament. What kind of uh, presence do they pose here now in Detroit? What kind of pressure do they put on you guys? And I guess, what are you expecting from them? I mean, to be honest, I mean, pressure's a, that's a funny word. Uh, it can be, you know, defined in a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously, our guys know what, you know, what we're trying to accomplish is something special. And along with that comes, uh, you know, the privilege of a lot of pressure. And our guys know that, and uh, they're excited about it. We haven't really, I mean, I think there's, this is going to be one of the greatest NCAA championships we've had in a long time from an individual perspective with uh, so many of these guys getting the extra years. Uh, it's It's like one of the, most elite fields I think we've ever had in, uh, in the history of the NCAA tournament. I think there's a lot of, you know, the team race is going to be really fun and exciting. And, you know, and I, we haven't really focused too much on the other teams. I mean, we were really focused on what we need to do and to have our guys ready to, to, to wrestle at their ultimate best. And that's really been our focus. The third row here. Uh, Andrew Spay with Flow Wrestling. Uh, for a question for Coach Brands, uh, you mentioned how wrestling's in a really good place and I think we're in a really nice facility here, and, and Iowa's coming off the national championship, and then you add a women's program, and you break ground on new facilities. Can you talk about um, the changes that you've seen that is now got wrestling in a place where you can have those new things like a women's program at a, a Power 5 conference and wrestle in Globe Life Field, and now here in an arena like this? Yeah, I would focus more on arenas like this and the leadership, the current leadership that makes this possible. Um, we're in a big-time city in a big-time arena. The organization's great. The, I mean, the, I mean, you got 2022 signs everywhere. Um, this is big-time. It's on par with the best in sports. And that's a credit to the NCAA and the fans that show up and support this. So that's what I mean by that. And when you have uh, that kind of leadership, you have the opportunity to grow uh, on every campus and make it stronger and better and you know people turn their heads because it is in a big time setting. Additional questions for the head coaches, please. Coach, you touched on it. Well, oh, oh, here we are. Here in the second in the second row. Uh, this question is for coach Jones. In the Lehigh duel this year, there were two extra matches in which the ASU wrestler injury defaulted after one second. Could you tell us how that conversation with the Lehigh coaches went to arrive at that? Um, you know, I, I can't answer that, but what I can tell you is they're, um, 
you know, they're coming to the end of the year, right? And there's X amount of matches to meet the criteria for a, an allocation spot in the conference meets. And I think it was already answered down at the end of the table. I think the coaches are trying to do the best thing for their athletes. Um, they're trying to ensure that they're qualified and they get to the NCAA tournament and earn those spots. Uh, it wasn't an advantage to us. It was the advantage was to Lehigh. Uh, and I just think that until we, like they said, until we do something with the qualification system, you're going to see that happen. And uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't blame any coach to do what's best for their athlete to try to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so, I mean, I think that's kind of the fast answer. Question here in the third row. Christian Powell's Flow Wrestling. Question for Coach Papalizio. Uh, Hayden Heidley came back after last year, sort of on the fence, goes up a couple weights. Can you talk about the, the decision, how much it's helped him that he's moved up at, to 174 and what the dynamic is like with him and Trent back to back? Yeah. Uh, first of all, it was an uh, interesting recruiting process. It was like recruiting a kid all over again. Had to talk these guys to come back for that sixth year, um, which we were grateful to have them. But yeah, having him up two weights was something he made that decision. If he was going to come back, it was going to be more focused on getting better at wrestling and not so much the weight cut. And we've, we've seen that. We've seen him get better at wrestling. And having both those guys in our lineup bring a lot of really good energy, focus, and just what you're looking for ultimately in an athlete that can help lead us to where we want to be here this weekend. Uh, this question's for Coach Jones. Um, Seek about a year ago, uh, Stanford had dropped wrestling. We were coming into this tournament. People didn't have any clue what was going to happen with the Pac-12. Uh, Twelve months later, obviously, not only Stanford back, but you've got teams like Cal Poly stepping up. Oregon State was within a half a point of you guys. W what's it looking like out west right now? Yeah, that's great. You guys are giving me the tough questions, huh? Uh, I, I would say that the West is in its best shape it's ever been, Gary, right? I think Stanford, uh, you know, there was a stand, right, in the West that said that wrestling's important. We're going to continue to work hard at it. Uh, I say collectively is in the West, the folks, athletic departments and people, uh, really the communities, right? Because that was really a community effort that stepped up and said, hey, uh, Stanford wrestling's important and it should, it should remain. Uh, I've also, Anthony Holman's made a comment and I, I say it often, the NCAA doesn't look at the West as a dying area, but a growth opportunity. Because we know that youth wrestling is very strong in the West Coast. And so the, if you're looking at where you can grow the wrestling market, I mean, in reality, I mean, Pennsylvania is always strong, but it's already maxed itself out. It'll get a one or 2% growth. But if you start to look at the West, that can be a tremendous growth opportunity where we can grow the options for kids in the West to be able to wrestle at the collegiate level. So I think when we're looking at uh, an NCAA championship, hosting that out in the West is, is something I think the NCAA is focused on and, and it matters and they care about it. Uh, certainly, you know, we'd love to host it. I think it's, uh, and, and there's some great places in the West, not just Phoenix, but LA or uh, Las Vegas. Um, and I think athletic directors are looking at uh, the West and saying, you know, is wrestling the right ad? I think certainly for women's wrestling, we know that it's not an if, it's a when uh, as it pertains to growing in the West and adding more collegiate programs. 
Uh, and then as we know, California is consistently one of the best teams in the uh, states in the country for recruiting and the best kids in the country are coming out of California, which has been uh, great for us and then for all programs. So I think the West is in a great spot uh, for growing, for growth and, and getting better. Obviously, there are some obstacles. We know it costs money to start a Division I program. But I do think that when you're looking at uh, people that can help fund it and endow it, if you all know or can remember, our athletic director, Ray Anderson, is a visionary. He, we added men's ice hockey to Phoenix, Arizona. I know it sounds odd, but $32 million made that happen. And that uh, came from a, a couple gracious donors. So I think if you... Uh, I think if we're organized, I think if we get the right people at the table in the right programs, we can grow wrestling at the Division I level in the West. And last comment, because I, I just, you just mentioned it, and I want to make sure I say it. Uh, we just passed some important policy within the Pac-12 that says that we can grow the conference as big as we want. We used to be in a situation where we couldn't grow it past six teams, and we all know the challenges if you drop below five teams in a conference. But right now, we're looking at going to eight, 10, or 12 teams in the Pac-12. So I think we're in the best, and that's, that's a, a, over a decade-long policy the Pac-12 has had, that now we can grow the Pac-12. So it's something that the uh, conference, the coaches, and the athletic directors uh, have made that an important mission after the season to focus on. Additional questions for our head coaches here? In the second row, and just a reminder, if we do have any questions on Zoom, please let us know in the chat. JP Pearson, Black Shoe Diaries. Uh, another question for Coach Jones, an easy one. You picked up uh, Eric Thompson as an assistant coach this year. I was wondering how he has helped the program and Colton Schultz specifically improve. Yeah, we, br we, brought, uh, we brought Eric Thompson in specifically to work with uh, Colton Schultz, and he's done a fantastic job. Obviously, we know he came from the Penn State group, and we know how good their upper weights and heavyweights have been. So, you know, we're grateful to have uh, Coach Thompson come in, as well as Frank Molinaro and Mark Perry all came in with the last year. So, you know, I think we have a world-class coaching staff, and Coach Thompson, Molinaro, Perry, and of course, Lee Prince has been there a long time. But Eric's been a tremendous ad for the program and has made us a lot better. Thank you for that softball. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll get you out of here with this. We know that this weekend is going to be, you know, the first time with, with fans in a couple of years at this championship, expecting a really good atmosphere. Talk about just getting back to that normal setting and playing or wrestling in front of some fans here in Detroit. We'll go down the line. Yeah, I mean, like I touched on earlier, I think uh, not only is it, you know, one of the one of the best fields we've ever had uh, from a competitor standpoint at this year's NCAA championships, but after two years not having fans and, you know, for us, you know, specifically having it here in our backyard in Detroit. I mean, Detroit's, uh, you know, I, I landed here. I'm from the Chicago suburbs, but I landed at Michigan as a freshman in the, the fall of 1989. I've, I've spent a lot of significant years around this area. So to really watch Detroit over the last 30 years, you know, a city just very resilient, uh, gritty, you know, amazing people. Um, watch this city transform and have this uh, NCAA championships here in our 100th year of Michigan wrestling. You know, it's just really special. I think it's going to be an unbelievable event. Tom? Yeah, I have two things to say to that. I heard that the bid for this championships was put in and accepted before this facility was built. I don't know if that's true, but that's awesome testament division. That would be one. I said it earlier, we're in a big time city at a big time arena. 
uh, that's awesome as well. And then speak for our team a little bit. You know, we got some guys that, you know, it's been alluded to the sixth year, the COVID year. Um, they're tight and uh, they make each other better and last chance a lot of them. So it's time to go, Detroit 2022. Yeah, I, I think this one's more for the athletes. You know, they the, the year that we had no fans in, in the stands, it was definitely unique and different. But uh, to have everyone back here and the energy that's going to be in play, I think it's going to be real important. Obviously, it's going to be some of the best wrestling with having these six-year guys in here, along with some of the young talent that all these teams have. So we're looking for a really good NCAA tournament. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, born and raised. I'm home. I love it. I'm so happy to be here. A lot of friends and family coming back. Uh, this is like home court advantage for me. And, and uh, these obviously these fantastic coaches have great teams. We're excited. I think, you know, we get to hide out in the West. You guys don't pay attention to us very often. Uh, we use that to our advantage. I'd like to think we can sneak up on some people. Uh, you know, we have seven returning All-Americans, so maybe not so easy to sneak up this year. But uh, you know, looking forward to some great competition, looking forward to seeing a lot of my family and friends here at this competition, this tournament, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun fight for the championship, and uh, let's have some fun. Last call for questions. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Best of luck this week. Great stuff there, as always. Guys, this is the last show before the big dance starts. Um, again, uh, noon Eastern, 11 Central, 10 Mountain Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Thursday. Um, this is what we're going to be doing here. This show is, is going to get on the road and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This is what we're going to be focused on here. So I appreciate you guys listening this week. I appreciate you guys reading all the stories from this week. Um, and I appreciate you guys following along all season and especially this coming weekend. It's going to be a blast. I don't want you guys to miss a thing. So um, always appreciate your guys' interaction. Always appreciate your guys' participation in the work that we do. And, um, you know, hey, before we sign off here, cheers to, uh, to a fun week. Sit back, enjoy the ride, and, um, you know, enjoy some really, really good wrestling. And also, if you're in the crowd, enjoy the experience, right? It's been a couple years since we've had a capacity crowd at the NCAA championships. And I, for one, um, I think that's, you know, the wrestling is obviously going to be the wrestling, and that's the number one thing we're all here to watch and enjoy. But having the crowd back in the stands here at Little Caesars Arena, I think that's going to be, um, you know, a pretty, pretty high number two or maybe even one B on my list that I'm I'm most looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, it was really awesome to have the crowd back in the stands for the state tournament at Iowa earlier this year. Um, so it's going to be even more fun to have this full crowd back um, in full swing here this weekend. So yeah, that, that's the that's the show I've got today, guys. Appreciate y'all listening. Be sure to rate and review on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram Cody J Goodwin, and of course, be sure to subscribe to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. Videos. A handful more things throughout the week might get put behind the paywall, and I don't want you guys to miss a thing. So be sure to check out the show notes for links to subscribe, as well as stories and videos from this past week. Thanks again for listening, you guys, not just today, but all week, as well as all season. It's been a really fun, fun year of wrestling, um, especially in the state of Iowa. Let's go out with a bang this week. All right, talk to you guys soon.